Fulhamish is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fulhamish Stats Show, the stats that provide you with cracking ammo to show off in front of your mates. Since we last spoke, Fulham have picked up the same amount of points as the UK in the Eurovision Song Contest with a massive nil point. We're starting to think that we're a little bit of a hex. Tonight I've got two stats wizards with me to see us through. Firstly, a guy that's been through more table than WWE wrestler, it is George Singer. Right mate, how you doing? I'm good, how are you mate? Yeah, very good, very good. Good stuff. And I've also got with me Nick McNee who has researched more than Louis Theroux for this very, very show. How are Hello. you mate? I'm, I'm well. Yeah, good. Well in good, good. You had a little stint over in Denver yeah, watching was, uh, uh, the watching Broncos the, stumble. And uh, the Colorado, Colorado Rapids uh, cry. So, oh. yeah. Um, but no, I'm glad to be back. Thank it's you it's good me. to have you back, mate. Um, we're going to keep tonight a little bit shorter than normal, so we'll jump straight in. I think the main question that a lot of us had over this period where we've picked up uh, a massive zero points has been why are we so easy to play through? And statistically, what are the, what are the pointers as to, as to why we've been such a, a soft shell? I think particularly we've been hard to, uh, easy to play through because of how high our midfield line is and we're not getting enough protection from our midfield because we're playing two extremely advanced, pretty much number 10s in the central midfield with Jean-Michel Serri and Tom Kenny and living our back five or even back six at this rate <laughs> of uh, you know, the usual four defenders and either Anguissa or Kevin McDonald completely exposed and leaving the likes of, uh, you know, Mo Salah and Sadio Mane to run at them free on, like, what happened on Sunday. So, I think a formational change is required if we yeah. want to uh, stop playing so openly and to uh, play more defensively and stop conceding so many goals, which I believe we're on for a record pace now. We are, yeah, we yeah. are indeed. So. One of my thoughts, and I, I heard this on the podcast this week, is that the fact that it looks like there's so much space in between the lines, and I think that's, for me, where the problem therein lies, but what are your thoughts, George? Yeah, I mean, from my side, um, taking a look at... So, so one way you can use stats to take a look at pressing is to look at two metrics. So one which is called passes per defensive action, i.e. Yep. how many times do you let the opposition pass before you try and tackle them, so a measure of kind of how strong your presses mm-hmm. um, and also the average height of a defensive action so on average how high are you making tackles up the pitch yep. for uh, PPDA we're, we're about middle of the table but we average the lowest average height of a defensive action i.e. on average compared to every other team we're making the tackles far deeper on the pitch so far closer to our own goal which to me suggests that again it's the midfield not ad- not giving us enough cover um, We've gone through lots of different midfield threes and while Seri and Kearney are both wonderful players on the ball and we all love watching them, they just don't offer the you know, the 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 defensive cover that someone like, you know, maybe adding adding Chambers in midfield does. I think linking him back to so Anguissa when he played in France played next to in a midfield two with Gustavo, mm-hmm. um, who's an actually a really great defensive midfielder. Is, yeah. So so I guess that's why I quite liked the the Chambers Anguissa in, in in midfield the other day. Actually, you know maybe that suits Anguissa more, and he can concentrate on uh, you know more of his defensive um, defensive and and attacking uh, output. So one thing that we decided, well, that we saw off the back of Liverpool was that Callum Chambers was moving into a sort of um, a defensive midfield slash left centre back role. 
And for me, that basically signaled the end of what the, the passing style that we'd come to know and love over the last two years. And I think the next main point we wanted to have is that on our very first that show, we made a lot of very good points of how we were the second best passing team in the whole of the league after City. But now, over this period of no points and a seemingly change in philosophy from Slav, how, how has that differed in the stats and are we still a passing team or not? I don't think so because we're still averaging the highest pass completion rate outside of you know teams in the big six. So I don't think it's really much of a, you know, we're going from playing to quote unquote a Barca style of play to, you know, a big Sam Meth, you know, style of play as well. Yeah. I still think we're, we're just trying to find the right balance of how can we cater to the players we have while trying to remain solid at the back while also trying to stay strong to Slav's principles, give or take, he, how, give or take how long he's still in the job for. So, yeah, uh, I think it's it's a fair point that we're still compared to outside the big six, big six, we're one of the, the strongest passing teams, but pass completion rate has gone down and down and down throughout the season. Like first few games averaging about 80% and now down to about 70%. And yep. while that might not seem like a huge amount, it's adding pressure onto the midfield, the midfielder losing confidence. And I think that's why we're seeing, for instance, Huddersfield was crazy how we had Kearney, Seri, um, Anguissa and McDonald there, all great at short passing and yet devoid of confidence and we're just hoofing the ball up to yeah. up to Mitrovic and it, it seems to be a downward trend and one that if, if I was Slav I'd, I'd definitely look at trying to uh, trying to rectify. We're, sorry, well, no, we're still second in possession only behind Leicester again outside teams in the big six just in possession about 51% which is again average but and obviously we were never going to reach the highs of last season of you know 60% every game yeah but it still signifies that we're still trying to you know play the game the right way for me it feels like the possession we're having are in non-lethal areas so if you were looking at our average heat map of where we had the ball I, I would imagine that 85 or 90 percent of it would be around about the the middle third and not barely any of it would be I'd in, say in the back final if anything yeah the problem we're having is we're stringing passes together to get for the team to get confidence like we saw I think particularly against Watford in the first half where uh, was it Mawson and Chambers were yep. stringing together passes just to try and build up some confidence I know mean, Watford was like a month away yep. but we would constantly give the ball back if we tried to pass forward so I don't think we're making the right passes towards our more confident midfield or theoretically more confident midfielders of Seri, Kenny and Geese and McDonald etc yep. so again I think we are going to have to sacrifice some things which may have, mean we have to go a bit more long ball in this regard so yeah I still think that we can have the same passing style and defensive solidity if we switched formation to maybe a three or five at the back system. But that going on to that, obviously we've conceded a shed load of goals and picked up, as I said, no points, no wins, not even a solitary draw. Who is our best defender statistically over this period of games? Because when we looked last time, surprisingly, it was Dennis Adoy. Who is it now? Is he still at the top? Like, <coughs> is there any way else we can look at this? So. It's, it's, quite, it's quite hard to tell really, there's so many defenders, they've all shared the time between them quite evenly, so it, it's hard to pick out a real standout. Um, if there was one to pick out, Le Marchand I think has, has been very strong, lots of defensive output and his, his pass completion is pretty good. Yep. Um, one of the big issues I have with moving him to left back is he tries well when he tries to push up and do things like longer balls or crosses that's where he really struggles okay we're actually with shorter passes he's a he's a lot stronger and I think if you 
put him in the in the in the centre back role next to someone like Mawson again very strong on the ball. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we'd probably see him perform a lot better. And I think that's you know we mentioned before about his game at Brighton. You know, really struggled at left back. Thought you know he's he's getting slightly better at it, but it doesn't feel like his natural position. Yeah, one of my biggest pet peeves is having a centre half trying to play at wing back because it's such a specialised uh, position in the modern game that it perhaps doesn't suit them down to the ground. Nick, just keen to get your thoughts on who statistically has been the best, and then who do you think is the best defender? It's hard to really quantify defend defenders and like statistics and stuff because if you're a centre back and you're making a lot of tackles, that's more reliant on the style of play. For example teams like Burnley are going to make way more tackles than say we are because mm-hmm. they're focused on you know two banks of four let's just defend clear the ball and hopefully we get a lucky goal on a counter or two yeah um, so but in t- so you want to look at defenders more from I'd say um, interceptions kind of way in especially in our regard and I think Al- Alfie Mawson has the most interceptions per 90 um, for our team which obviously isn't that much considering yeah. we're a dreadful defensive team <laughs> and a smaller sample size <laughs> yeah, exa- and especially with Mawson because he's recovering from injury but you also see he's especially in the Liverpool game he's extremely commanding he already seems to have a good idea of where other players should go like he was marshalling Dennis Adoy and James yeah. saying go here go here I've always like uh, admired that about Mawson he has that sort of grip and sort of captaincy sort of role model within him that I think the defence really really needs that's been really lacking like Doyle doesn't particularly do it, Ream doesn't particularly do it, and I can't see Chambers doing it. But Mawson feels like he's the kind of guy that's just going to get the grip. It is Alfie Mawson's world, and we're just all living in it, really. And with Chambers, I think we found the right role. I mean, it's only we only have a sample size of one game, but I yeah. think he fitted perfectly in that uh, CDM role, slightly in front of Mawson, where he can just do all the tackling and stuff, and he's not going to be punished for his lack of pace as a centre back. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the only thing I wanted to call out there is. Adoy, one one thing you don't really see in the stats is his defensive position, which at times is oh, it's dreadful. Is dreadful. <laughs> you see him just uh, on the ball and off the ball, sprinting up the pitch, and maybe that's where having someone like Chambers in who can sort of drop back but isn't always going to drop back. You need someone with good defensive positioning who knows when the right time to push up is and let Chambers drop back, and when you need to stay back and let. Chambers, you know, attack from uh, sorry, tackle from a bit higher mm-hmm. up. So, I, it's it's difficult playing all these different systems with someone like a Doyen who's pretty limited from a defensive positioning wise. So Fulhamish has teamed up with One Football, the only football app that you need this season. Uh, you can get it on both the App Store and on Google Play. Using personalised news feeds, push notifications and a user-friendly interface, OneFootball makes it easy to keep up to date with the latest transfer news, scores and stats in one central place. Check out the OneFootball app and let us know what you think of it. I think the final point that we're going to cover now is why haven't we been able to get Mitrovic involved in the, in the game and, and more often than not in our build-up because in games against Huddersfield, for example, and to an extent against Cardiff and Liverpool, He's looked to be quite isolated. Um, one thing, one article that I saw earlier on today, in fact, was that from Football Whispers, that his um, expected goals has now dropped to 0.19 per game. Why is that? How can we improve it? And is there any like main factors to it, like length of pass, for example? I think there's a definite. It feels like there's a real change in style, and we we mentioned it before how we last season we had a really strong identity, and Mitrovic fitted into that perfectly, which was. He would push up, we'd have confidence in midfield to play the ball, high up the pitch, we'd pass the ball to his feet, 
he could hold off defenders and either turn and shoot or pass on someone like Sesu could as well. Yeah. And now what we're seeing is Mitrovic playing a completely different game of his amount of aerial duels per 90 this season has rocketed up. That's just because we're having to play the long balls for him. So he's, he's playing a, a really different role. And you can see in, I've posted a few things like average position maps recently, and you can see how deep he's having to play to get involved because he's clearly getting frustrated up there, only having to deal with you know, long passes up. 20% of the time he'll win them and there's no players to feed off to. So mm -hmm. he's dropping back, he's getting frustrated and he's not in the positions where we need him to be. And to me, that, that comes down to losing the identity, changing to a long ball system and the team Mitrovic included don't really know how to play in that style of football. Anyone knows that if you're going to get a ball into the head or to the chest it's basically impossible to to control and, and distribute accordingly even if you are one of the best players in the world so it's quite difficult well it's been horrible to see Mitrovic given service like that and yeah. Nick just keen to get your thoughts on, on Mitrovic and how, how we can do. Explanation. Andre Schurler's taking way too many long shots. I mean Fulham, <laughs> Fulham take a ridiculous amount of long shots. Yeah. I mean before Liverpool we took the most long shots in the league in terms of shots outside the box. Surely it's just all Schurler. And it'll, it'll, you know with Schurler you've got a, you know someone who just has a green light for basically every game and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with you know taking shots but when you're taking 35 yarders and after the fifth one, chances are it's not going to go in because those are low probability shots. So I think, you know, we might need to turn the green light down to, you know, yellow and just say you have to look up and pass a bit more and yeah. get the ball in. It's fine having a shot generating machine like Scherler because out behind him, what are our options? Ayute, Niskins Cabano. Um, Sonny Luco doesn't play for us. But we have, <laughs> we, we have technically replaced him with Scherler and is driving me insane with the bad shots he takes. Yeah. Yep. Um, but we're just not troubling the goalkeeper. I mean, we're only hitting about 3.8 of these long shots from, and we're taking about 10 of them per game, I think. That's just awful. Yeah, I think it's just a case that when we had the playing style last year, we liked to hit the byline quite a lot and cut the ball back and gives ourselves easier opportunities. The way, in the same way that Manchester City do now is that they want to give themselves the highest probability chance to score. And we don't do that anymore this season. It's completely gone. We're yeah, averaging, I think, something like two less crosses per game, which doesn't feel like a lot, but in the grand scheme, a, of, things the grand it scheme is. of things, it, it is. And also the amount of, of football we're playing out wide, like we said last season, we used it to great effect with Fredericks coming back and cutting from the byline and we've just we seem to have really lost that and I think struggling at left back with Cess playing wing left back left wing left back and struggling to to have one player who's nailing down the right back position as well so I think that's that's one area which Fed Mitrovic a lot crosses in from yeah. wide and we just don't seem to have that as an option anymore yeah so in a word it sounds like continuity is going to be the thing going forward in one answer or one word answer I'd quite like your opinion on what formation we should be playing from here out until maybe Christmas I kind of quite like to see what we lined up with in Liverpool with the two defensive midfielders and then instead of Kenny I'd rather have Seri I know he's been quite a controversial figure amongst a lot of Fulham fans at the moment but he really does have that ability that no one else on the team really has yeah. of just being able to unlock and pick a pass. We saw it so often in from March and so even September, March, um, August and uh, September as well. Yeah. So I think we just need to give him an extended run in the game. We've got two good defensive players behind him and someone who can run box to box like Anguissa. If we put Seri as the 
creative canny Rowan and Geese in that Johansson role from last year, I think we'll thrive a lot more. Cool. And we won't even have to sacrifice that much of a style of play yep. if we you know, persist with Jukanovic. Cool. And in one word, please. Oh, I can't do one word. Um, <laughs> I, I'd rather we focus more on style of play and identity than formation. I think cool. they're, they're coupled, but they're not completely linked. Um, I'd like to see us, I've got no issues with us moving around formations and rather than just playing the same system every time, which we could do last season, because we were, let's face it, one of the best teams in the league. This year, I would like to see us a bit more reacting to how the opposition are playing. Yeah. Um, you see someone like um, like Pep, even at City, the best best team in the country, probably in the world right now, constantly changing formation to react to how the opposition play. Yeah. And little things like that can, when when the margins are so fine at the bottom end, a couple of points would be enough to take us out the, uh, out the relegation zone. I'd rather we did a, a little bit more tweaking, a little bit more of a, a plan B to react against how different oppositions play and play. If they play more attackers, we play more defenders. If they play one up front, we don't need three at the back. So, you know, react a bit more to the opposition side of play. Cool. Anyway, uh, that draws us to a close here on the Stat Show. Uh, a very bite-sized uh, Stat Show today. It would be great to get all your thoughts in the YouTube comments below, uh, also in Twitter, uh, on Instagram as well. I'd firstly like to say thank you to both of you for coming in and for your incredible input. And secondly, thanks for all the support you've given to the Stat Show over the opening uh, three or so shows. Um, it really does mean a lot to all of us and a lot of work is put into uh, producing these. So again, thank you and thanks for tuning in and thanks to you guys again. Cheers. Cheers, guys.